Hey guys, this is Greg Denning, and you are in the School of Awesome Sauce, where I share with you amazing stories and strategies to help you live an extraordinary life. Hey my friends, great to be with you again. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this community and this awesome sauce tribe of people who are trying to live life deliberately and be our best selves and just, man, just be happy, right? And make a positive difference in the world and make the most of ourselves. I love this stuff. Love you guys. So I've got something that I'm pretty fired up about today and it fits into a lot of experiences I've had throughout the years and experience I had recently that just, man, lit the fire and I got to I gotta preach it today, <laughs> so it's coming. Just a just a fair warning there. So I guess I'll, I'll back up and tell some backstory. When we first decided to travel as a family, we had our fourth child, um, and we decided we, we were we were gonna go. We wanted to go to Latin America. We went down. We took a trip to Mexico. My wife and I went down there and just kind of a little second honeymoon. She was pregnant with our fourth and we went down to Cancun for the first time. We're like, man, we love it down here. This is awesome. And we went out and had some experiences outside of the touristy area. It was just, it was authentic and real. And my wife especially was just like, man, we have got to experience this with our children. And so we're like, you know what, let's, let's move. And, and she's like, let's move to Mexico. And I'm like, great, let's do it. And so we went back, we started making plans, and we, we ended up talking to some friends who had lived in Costa Rica, and they're like, man, you've got to go to Costa Rica, it's incredible. I'm like, okay, let's go to Costa Rica. So then we started thinking about it, we're like, man, we want to take a whole bunch of stuff with us, we have four kids, and let's just drive, let's drive to Costa Rica. We're like, is there even a road? Like, well, we were, it was so funny, when we first started traveling, we were just so clueless, we're like, is there even a road that goes there? Is it safe? Do they even have diapers down there? I mean, it was it was so funny. Looking back now, it's like, oh my goodness. But we were terrified. So we started telling people what we were doing. And that we were going to drive across the border into Mexico and down. And immediately, everybody's fears started popping up. And their racism and prejudice came up. And whoa, we heard it all, my friends. And it got it got ridiculous. And of course we went down and you know, as we're driving across the border, we were scared. We'd never done it before. And like we're, we're crossing the border into Mexico, like white knuckled and my stomach in a knot and Rachel too. We're like, What are we doing? And we went for it, facing those fears, and then we drove for a few hours and nothing. It was beautiful. Stopped at some gorgeous beaches and some awesome hotels and met some incredible people and you know spent like about about six weeks just kind of wandering down through Mexico and Central America to get to Costa Rica and just loved every minute had the most amazing time and we were literally looking at ourselves like what were we afraid of and it was this fear of the unknown and and the things that people say and that. You know, we hear they're passed on. And then I, I started thinking back and even all through my childhood, and, and you've probably had similar experiences where you just, you hear all these little racist comments, even jokes, the jokes especially. I don't know why, but when I was a kid, uh, the jokes were always, the derogatory jokes were always about people from Poland, 
the Pollocks. I have no idea why. But as a kid, you hear it and you're like, ha ha, that's so funny. And you go and you pass it along and it just spreads. And then there are jokes about Mexicans and and on and on and on. And like all the stuff. And, and when I'm in the United States, um, you guys, I'm just, I know this stuff is sensitive and, and, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to share, I'm just going to say it. But when I'm in the United States, I hear, constantly hear derogatory comments about Mexicans and Muslims. And, and I have for years and years and years. And it started, I mean, I heard it for a long time, especially started here when we started traveling. And I thought, I thought initially like, geez, it's a bad problem. These Americans are so (laughs) prejudiced and so racist. But guess what? When I got down to Southern Mexico, they're like, you're not going to Guatemala, are you? Because those Guatemalans, they are dangerous and they're this and they're that and the other. And I was like, what? It's the same thing. And then the, the Costa Ricans about the Nicaraguans. And then when we lived in the Dominican Republic, it was about the Haitians. And then the Panamanians. And then all around. And like the, everywhere I've gone around the world, like this is a problem. It's a huge, huge problem. And when we lived in India and the the caste system there and how they treated each other according to the caste they were from, which thankfully I was clueless. There's no way, even today, there's no way I could tell which caste somebody's from. And so I just treat everyone with respect and love. And it blew people away. They were just like, oh, how, how could you treat them like that? They're from a lower class. I'm like, because they're a human being. That's why. <laughs> so I, I get fired up about this stuff. And we've had these experiences all over. We've seen, we've seen the horrible, horrible effects of racism. Um, even I've told you some stories already in earlier podcasts about the racism and, and the, the gang violence I saw living in, in Texas and in the South. And whoa, you guys, it's, it's a huge problem. And so here's, here's what stirred this up. So my daughter right now is going to this uh, small charter school. It's an international school, and the vast majority of the students are refugees. And we love that. We love, love, love that. I love the diversity. When we've we've spent time in London and Paris and Rome and, man, all the big cities across Europe, there's so much diversity, and I love it. There's people from all over the world with different dress and and features and clothes and traditions and languages and accents, and, oh, I love it. I love the diversity. It's amazing. Actually, the one thing I've come to really despise is when there's no diversity. I, I, I personally now don't like that. I'm like, okay, it's way too much sameness here. Like we need some diversity. I think diversity is such a great thing. I really do. I think it's so important and so special. And, and it allows us just to celebrate and understand and have wonder and awe and respect for all the different cultures and backgrounds and races. But here's, here's what got me fired up, right? So my daughter's going to this international school and they decided to read a book called The Hate You Give. And she started mentioning that. And we obviously like to be really aware of what our children are learning and consuming. And, and so I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to understand this book. And there's some controversy around it and there's some foul language in it and some pretty tough subjects. And so I wanted to understand it. And so I got the, I got the audiobook. I actually got it in French because I'm learning French and there was a French version. So I got that. So I'm listening to it in French 
And then my wife and I, uh, I realized there was a movie out, and my wife and I said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to watch this. I want to know what she's going to be taught here, what she's going to be exposed to. And so we watched the movie. And um, overall, overall, uh, I mean, it, well, okay, it brings up some really tough issues, which are real. And about, man, so many issues, really. Issues around race. And it ends up in the story that a white police officer kills um, a black young man from, you know, from, from the tougher part of town, right? And the, the main character in the story, she goes to a nicer, like, upper-class school in a nice white neighborhood, and, but lives in, in the bad part of town. And so it addresses all these things, I think, I think well, because it, it, it gives you a glimpse into different lives and different lifestyles and different, um, different circumstances. And you guys, I've, I've seen this stuff and I've been in it and I've lived in it. I've been in and lived in some of the roughest areas in the world and some of the poorest areas. When I was in Peru, we we stayed in some really rough areas. I mean, crazy rough areas where I was getting like, I was getting robbed and luckily I didn't carry much stuff. I was getting robbed like twice a week, man, by either with a knife or a broken glass bottle or something, and they just take whatever they could, and I always just carried a little bit, just so they could take something, um, but it was, it was rough, man, and it, and it was just, just abject poverty and desperation, and I've seen these places all around the world as we traveled, and I've been in there, and I've talked to the people, and, you know, I was on my own as a young man, too, so, like, I, I get it. And I've seen I've seen some of the ugly. Um, in fact, I often think that you know I've I've seen and experienced things that I wouldn't I wouldn't wish on other people. Um, it's hard, but for some people, that's all they know. And a lot of them don't have hope. And a lot of them don't know any better. Like they grew up in this culture, and and, and the movie and the book portray this well. That like sometimes uh, this poor behavior and, and even dealing drugs and getting into gang stuff is like, it, it's it's out of desperation and out of not knowing any different. And then it brings up this this issue around, well, race and prejudice. And as they go through the trial, I don't want. I don't, I, see, and you guys, I don't even know. I don't even know that I would recommend the book or the movie. Because for some of you, like it's, it, it it really presents some difficult content, and it gives you a portrayal into some very, um, it's some it's a rough rough background, but but then on the other side, it's important for us to understand how other people live and what they're facing. In fact, how everybody lives, and and so I actually, I'll I'll read books and watch movies and go to places that I I wouldn't recommend for people necessarily but I want to understand the things as they really are for example the um there's a book called Left to Tell about the genocides in in Rwanda 
And I, again, I don't, I don't know that I would recommend that book, uh, but it tells the actual brutal details of a full-on um, genocide, war, that happened not with guns, but with machetes. And it was just an all-out massacre against different tribes in the same country. And, wow, man, just like... <laughs> Like I say again, that's a book that I'm glad I understood and I read and I learned about. Learned about the hard, brutal realities of war, but I don't know that I would recommend it. But do you guys get what I'm saying here? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say that like it's important for us to know and understand what life is like and the realities of it. But but for some people, maybe you're not ready for it and 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 don't want to be exposed to that because that that could lead to some. Some crazy nightmares and things. But but that's the reality. I guess that's my point, you guys. And as we talk to, as I've met a lot of refugees and a lot of people who literally have fled for their lives with being shot at and being chased and a family had been murdered and or taken. And, and I, I've seen and heard the stories of, of terrible things. And we don't want to stick our heads in the sand and be clueless about what life is really like for some people. It's incredibly difficult. And I, 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 for myself, I want to understand things as they really are, not just as I am. You see what I'm saying? Because sometimes when you grow up in a certain area that, and you don't go out and you don't know anything, then, then you don't know. You, like, you're literally clueless to how other people live. And, and then that's, that's what leads to the biggest problem, which is what I want to talk about today, is how we, we begin objectifying people. And it brings this issue up in, in the movie and the book, and that's why I want to talk about it. Like, racism and prejudice is, is an objectification of other people. And we don't understand them. We don't know them. And so we create this separation, this division, and it becomes this us versus them. And sometimes, and some of you, this may be the case with some of you, you literally were raised like this, and you don't even know. You may not even be aware of how you have objectified other people. And you might have some racism and some prejudice that you've just picked up along the way and you don't even know any different. And so you pass along the jokes or the comments or in your mind you have this, this, this subtle belief, this idea that, oh, a certain type of people are, are that way. Maybe they're scary or they're ignorant or they're, they're lazy or they're dirty or they're, they're dishonest. And we pick up these subtleties, right? And we go around looking for examples of that. And we pick up these ideas. And that you guys, it happens in sports. It happens in religion. It happens in politics. It happens in schools, like rival schools. That somehow the people that go to your school, because I don't know, they're just living in a certain neighborhood, are way better than the people that go to that other school because they are that way, right? Whatever, whatever you want to say. It it's it's crazy how we begin to objectify people, and so as we go along in life. If we're not crazy conscious of this, like super intentional and deliberate and aware of our thoughts and our feelings, it's really easy to objectify people. And, and by, I want to clarify that term there. You begin to see them as objects instead of as human beings. And to objectify means to like you give them a label or and, and you just have this idea or belief around them that they are a certain way. And you you can do that with any country, any religion, any 
any group really. This this happens. I see it all the time, everywhere now. And once I became aware of it, and I saw it in, in my own upbringing, and in my own mind. I literally was intentionally peeling those things away, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, how how could I have thought that? And some of it's so much of it is based on either complete ignorance or really limited experiences. And so I want to share this idea and I want to give a challenge to all of you listening to really th- go through thoughtfully and, and thoroughly your own beliefs and and feelings and thoughts about other groups and to catch yourself. And if you've grown up in a very Republican family here in the United States or a very Democrat family in an area, the mudslinging that happens back and forth is, is ridiculous. And, and you end up, and some of you right now, I'm like, I know I'm triggering some of you, but you're going to be like, but they are that way. And you're like, no, man, there's no way you could say that all um, Catholics are one way or all even like Asians. You'd say Asians, right? But you know how many countries are over there? That's crazy. Like all Chinese people are a certain way or all Americans are a certain way. And, and as soon as we start doing that, we're like, they are like this. We're making these blanket statements that are so ignorant because there's no way that all of them are a certain way. And when we stop that, and again, this comes from exposure and, and actual, actual experience. And it transforms the way you think about humanity. And I want, I want to emphasize this so much today. We are all humans in this journey together. And all people... Are my people. You with me? All people are my people. Now, does that mean we shouldn't celebrate diversity and, and difference? Absolutely not. I think we should. I think we should celebrate heritage and culture and tradition and, and difference. I love it. But it should never be an element of division or separation or segregation where it's us versus them. That's where we get into trouble. And when then then it starts look look around, and, and just think through this. Look, watch for it in movies and music and and just interactions with other people. Watch for it. And now that you're aware of this, as you're listening to this, now that you're aware of it, just watch for it. Watch how you see this division, this separation. It's called enmity. Enmity means hostility towards or opposition towards. I mean, watch how you see this all around in all the interactions. And you'll see it constantly. You see it in the news. You'll hear it in conversations now that you're aware of it and how they start objectifying people. And it's, it's, it's easy or easier to commit crimes or atrocities or cruelty, any lack of kindness. It's easy to commit cruelty to another human being when you first objectify them. And if you, if you listen to my um, podcast about... Um, when we got back to World War II and, and the objectification that happened over there to the Jews and to the Russians. I mean, I'm repeating it again here, but we, we have to realize that we go through this process of objectification. And then we get all this racism and all this prejudice. But it's when you actually get to know someone on a friendly level, like you, you get to understand them. Then you, you realize all your 
all the objectification. And sometimes you don't you don't realize you've been objectifying people until like until you get to know someone a culture, an idea or a religion or a view, a perspective until you understand it through their views and you go, Oh man. Like that that just changes what I believed. So I want to share this quote from Thomas Paine. He said, The world is my country. The world is my country. And I, I believe it was Socrates who said, like, I'm not I'm not a citizen. No, it wasn't him. So who was it? Somebody said, I'm not a citizen of the of Rome. I'm a citizen of the world. And I love that idea. Like, hey, you guys, we we're all world citizens. This is our earth. We're all in this together. Somewhere, somehow, somebody uh, many years ago drew a line somewhere and said, this is ours and anyone on this side of the line is with us and anyone on that side of the line is not with us. Like, that that's crazy. That is crazy. That somebody somewhere years ago drew a line and said, this is the line and now we all grow up saying, oh, this side's one way and that side's the other way. That's insane. You with me? Sorry, I get I get so fired up about this because we start dividing, and then you know that church down the road. Oh, they're like this, and blah blah blah. And, but oh, oh, our church, we're better, and it's it's human nature. Like it's all over the place. We see this. Like we're trying so hard to be better, to compare and compete, and to divide and segregate, and I hate that. Okay, let me continue with the quote: "The world is my country." All mankind are my brethren. All mankind. Yes, people that have different views than you. People that have different opinions than you. People who look differently than you do. And I love I love to think, because of the excellent book by Jacques Lucerin called And There Was Light. He went blind as a young boy and ended up growing up as a teenager leading a massive underground resistance in Paris against the Nazis. And he actually said that people with eyesight are at a disadvantage because they judge with their eyes. And I love to think about that. If we were blind, would would racism be a problem if you were blind? If you had to remove if you removed all the judgments you make with your eyes. Let that sink in. Wow, I love that idea. How would you be different? How would your interactions with other human beings be different if you removed all the judgment you make with your eyes from the clothes people wear to the shape of their bodies to the color of their skin to the uh, the complexities of their faces to their height, to their hair color, their hair type, to their body type? You see, You see what I'm saying? All these judgments we make with our eyes, if we remove those, how would we how would our interactions with human beings be different? Isn't that a powerful idea? I love that idea. I want you to consider that. In fact, as you're out interacting with people today and this week, like catch yourself the assessments and judgments you make with your eyes and say, What if I remove that? How would how would that interaction be with that person? All mankind are my brethren. So he said, The world is my country, all mankind are my brethren, and to do good is my religion. That's it. To do good is my religion. And to, I would add to be good. To do good and to be good is my religion. And so, my friends, I, 
like I know this is a sensitive topic and I know it's probably triggered some of you. <laughs> some of you might be fired up. Oh man, and you might be like thinking of of uh objectifications against me even and the things I'm saying. Oh well you're just like this and like that. And we man, we do it. It's the it's the the Christians and the Hindus and the Buddhists and the Taoists. I mean, on and on and on and we and we just try to divide and I guess my message is if you get nothing else from this my my message is let's let's try to remove the objectification of people where we we try to label them as somehow different from us and, and again different is good right different is I love diversity I love difference I really do I genuinely thrive on it. I I guess if I'm if I'm if I'm prejudiced at all I, I get prejudiced towards sameness <laughs> like you go to you go to a part of the world and everybody's the same they all act well and there we go see I'm doing it again I'm objectifying and saying they're all the same because they're not every person's different but we can slip into the sameness and here's where here's where it becomes a problem. Here's where it gets bad is when we use difference as a way to segregate and divide. And I just I would just you guys I'm sharing this message with love. I hope you understand that. I hope you get where it's coming from. And maybe I haven't expressed it very well. I'm not articulating what I'm feeling as as well as I I would like to. But I hope we can all come from a place of love and unity that we can stop seeing differences as things that separate us, but differences as things we celebrate and we can understand other people's stories and their background, where they come from, and try to understand why they do what they do and not be so quick to condemn and to label and, and turn them into an object and somebody that's not like me and so somehow less than me. It's when that pride comes in and destroys us. And I hope we can go out into the world and celebrate our differences, but still um, accentuate our the, our commonalities, that we're human beings in this journey together. And remember that all people are my people, and all people are your people. And we need to step up and help them and love them and serve them and stand up for them and support them, right? And and if you need to, I, I've even, you guys, I've even had the opportunity to go do some, some teaching and mentoring and coaching inside of prisons and maximum security detention centers for youth correction. And when you get in there and you hear their stories and you hear how they were raised and the experiences went through, all of a sudden, your judgments about why they did what they did and why they're in there all melt away because you realize that each person has a story and that they, too, are our friends and our brothers and sisters. You see how powerful this is? There, In the book of Josephus, there's a section where Abraham's stubbornly pleads with God for some of the most wicked people on earth because they were his, quote, his friends and his neighbors. And I remember that line, it just struck me so powerfully. 
I mean, the people were were committing atrocities and crimes against each other, doing horrible things, and he he still loved them, and he understood, you know, they were they were why they were doing what they're doing, and so I don't know. That's that's my message today, you guys. Ah, let's just all be more loving and kind. Let's remove the labels and the objectifications. Let's let's remove the judgment we make with our eyes and and let's just remember that we're all in this together and we're all trying the best we can. I I think we I I believe that. We're all trying the best we can. And some people are doing some pretty pretty rotten stuff and maybe they're doing it out of desperation, out of hurt or maybe because they just don't know. But you and I, we can make an effort today and for the rest of our lives, to remove the labels and justifications, to stop seeing other people as objects, whether it's in politics or sports or religion or race or country or um, financial set, you know, their economic standing, how much money they make or what clothes they wear, how they talk, their accent, whatever. Just remove all of that. Just be like, hey, man, another human being, and what can I learn from them? It was, uh, I think it was, it was, I think it was Emerson who said that every every person I meet, every man is a, my superior in some way, and in that way I can learn from them. And we can all go about in life learning from each other and loving each other and helping each other. Like wherever you come across another human being, wherever they are in their journey, like make it make it make an effort that if you interact with them, like that they are better people because of an interaction with you. That they leave happier or better, or maybe you share a thought or an idea or a compliment or just something. So we're all helping each other. Wherever we all are at on our journey, we're all helping each other um, to be a little happier, a little better, and a little, you know, make some progress in this journey of life, which is just a big, tough experiment we're going through. It's wonderful. But let's be unified, friends, and let's spread this message. Help, help share this message, please. Um, share this podcast or just take what you learn here and share it like we've got to share this message with the world get it out so we can all be uh, be more unified and we can get rid of the the hatred and and the violence and the division the separation and we can we can live peacefully together I've been, I've been in places where they do that they do it wonderfully well and that's there's so much happiness and joy there so much freedom so much peace Ah, let's let's make it happen. All right, you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Let's go out and, and be kind and thoughtful and loving. Remember, awesome is always an option. Reach upward. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it and found some things that you can apply to your life right away. Hey, I'm, I'm being totally sincere when I say I, I, I live to help you live your extraordinary life. So I hope you'll reach out to me if you have any questions or let me know how I can help you in any important area of your life. And in fact, you know, this this podcast is brought to you by the School of Awesome Sauce monthly coaching program. Take advantage of that. Get in there. It's the best way to get a breakthrough to the next level so you can level up your health, your spirituality, your emotions, your mind, your relationships, your finances, business, Every part of your life, just get in there where you have a a coach and a mentor. You have a supportive community to make things happen. So, So jump in there, take advantage of this, try it out. Get in there with us and level up your life. See you on the inside. Reach upward.